0: It's 2050, what's powering your town? The wind's not breezy, the sun is down.
1: No
0: miles away from any dam or thermal spring. There's no coal no natural gas or oil or shales or anything. What's powering your home and your bilingual robot cats? Let's chat. Welcome to Battery Chattery, episode two. I'm Hope Wilson. And I'm Anna Rigney. This is Battery Chattery. We're going to get down to batteries. We're going to get down to batteries. Okay, so first order of business. Little corrections corner. We'll probably have one of these every episode because it's kind of hard to talk for a long time without saying wrong things.
1: (laughs) I mostly say wrong things. (laughs) I completely agree.
0: So, So just for starters, last time we were talking about the efficiency of like a lot of people having personal energy storage setups in their homes versus sort of a central big battery setup
1: that distributes to a bunch of different homes. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so I still don't know much about this but I did some reading about how like supposedly like energy storage is a software business now and yeah <laughs> and it's it's about kind of like A bunch of small batteries are more flexible than one large battery, supposedly, and you can... What do you mean by flexible? I think flexible, like... So there's different kinds of batteries, right? And they can take care of different things. So maybe that just means, like, you can be charging certain batteries while you're discharging other batteries, and, like, based on what time of day it is and what's happening. Okay.
1: So does flexibility sort of... Is that a component of efficiency? Or is that, like, a separate... Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, if your stuff is flexible, then you can make it do what you want when you want. Okay.
1: So, so basically what we're saying is that the individual homes battery might be the better option as opposed to the centralized.
0: Yeah. I guess I don't quite know how, how this all plays out, but yeah, if some homes have some storage, but like sort of utilities still have access to that storage and like
1: like the utility company that's providing... I guess.
0: Yeah, resources. like someone, someone with some software that can like bring all this stuff together and sort of let, let the homes use the storage when that makes sense, but also kind of take that capacity when the homes don't need it. Cool. Point of business part two. This is incredibly important. Last time we were talking about how a duck curve, based on this description of it as just kind of a, like a plateau and then a, a ramp and then another plateau, how that could kind of be any animal...
1: It can't? It has to be a duck?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's The news is much better than that. Okay. In Hawaii, supposedly, they call it the Nessie Curve. What's a Nessie? Like the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's because, I guess it's not just that It's the curve is flat and then ramp and then flat. There's like a morning ramp up. It's um, like a little more
1: voluptuous. It's not like straight lines. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, so there's, you know, morning ramp up and then back down again as the solar comes in and then evening ramp up. So
1: Clearly it should be the Loch Ness Monster Curve, or the Nessie Curve. Yes.
0: Oh, I, I think, so like, if there's less so, I, I think this is the case in Hawaii, just because there is so much solar there, yeah. that, that's a really special situation. They just have a ton of oh, sun, and sense. are an island. Um.
1: I guess it also depends on how long the neck is, like the, the later late afternoon ramp up. Mm-hmm. It's a really long neck, it makes sense for it to be Nessie. It's a shorter ramp, much more likely to be a duck.
0: Yeah. So know. it's
1: one of two possible animals. That's cool.
0: I feel okay about s- speculating about all this because I feel like our listeners can't actually see the curves. I like, mean, there's Google. You can Google it, everyone. And hopefully when you Google it, you'll find more accurate information than what we're providing you.
1: And if you Google it and you come up with a superior animal to describe it as, please let us oh, know. Oh, please. <laughs> we we're we <laughs> desperate for ways to describe we curves just... as animals. <laughs>
0: we have a need (laughs) oh okay i wanted to take a couple seconds for politics okay um so last episode we were kind of talking about how texas has a lot of wind energy now and we were like that doesn't make sense because texas has a lot of conservatives in it but i did want to cast some nuance on that there was sort of an unfair generalization along party lines um i have a survey this survey is called Climate Change in the American Mind, conducted by the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication and the George Mason University Center for Climate Change Communication in May through June 2017. So if you talk about funding more research into renewable energy sources, such as solar and wind power, that has the support of 76% of Republicans, according to the survey.
1: Kaiser also interjects, based on Hope's notes, it's 95% democratic of Democrats, 82% of Independents, and 76% of Republicans. Yes. So they're all, like, really high. Yeah. Or, like, a, well above, like, 50%. Yeah. That's that's impressive, or unexpected, or both.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... that
1: mo- Like, most people are on... It says, I guess that means an average of 86% of all registered voters are, like, on board. Yeah, with- I think
0: renewable energy is, like, really popular, because, uh, honestly, I feel like you don't even have to believe in climate change to think that renewable energy is good. Why is that? Uh, pollution is bad, and, oh, I have actually a lot of things to say about this. Um, so with fossil fuels, actually, as time goes on, these oil companies are having to work harder and harder to get the oil that's out there, because they've gotten all the easy oil. They're developing these techniques, like, I I don't know when fracking was developed, and is that
1: for oil? That is, but it's pretty more recent, right? Pretty Pretty, recent.
0: Pretty more recent.
1: (laughs) More recent, I, or at least it's been yeah. more discussed in the media more recently, presumably yeah. because it's started to happen more. Uh,
0: and also, offshore drilling, I think that's, that hasn't always been a thing. But the reason these things are being developed is because like the stuff that's easy to get to has been gotten to.
1: And both of those things are pretty dangerous, correct?
0: That's my impression, yeah. I think especially offshore drilling. But I don't know much about fracking. Well, fracking, I think, is
1: bad for the environment. Yes. Yeah. Although it was bad for the environment it's bad for the creatures that live in the environment i i think yeah
0: definitely (laughs) i don't know and i think we can all kind of picture an oasis where we're all we all just have like almost free energy coming in because all you really have to do is like maintain your solar panels and your batteries and your wind turbines you just got to maintain them and you don't have to like go out hunting for coal or oil or anything
1: so what you're saying is that there are lots of reasons to be into renewable energy
0: yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) Uh, I can I can throw out some other stats just for fun. Um, regulating carbon dioxide as a pollutant is not as popular. So we got the support for that is 77% of all registered voters, and that's 94% of Democrats, 75% of Independents, and only 57% of Republicans. Still more than half,
1: but not much. No, I don't even know if that would be above chance if you like. <laughs> did the did the stats on
0: that? Yeah, that's not
1: as surprising because I feel like. Well, first of all, regulating mm-hmm. like government regulation in general is like more political. Yeah. And uh carbon dioxide, like regulating carbon dioxide also feels like it's more political.
0: It's funny that like if we get down to the next bullet point I have here, uh, I I feel like this should be less controversial, but that's just me anyway it's requiring fossil fuel companies to pay a carbon tax and using the money to reduce other taxes such as income tax by an equal amount so um oh okay so this plan is referred to as a revenue neutral carbon tax and if you talk about revenue neutral that just means that like the government doesn't get to keep that money so it can either kind of give it back to people or reduce other taxes such that the net impact is, like, the government doesn't get more money. So, Um, there
1: is a tax, but it's not actually benefiting the government. Right. But it's there just as a regulatory measure?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, one way of doing this is um, you tax... Carbon a certain amount, and you just take all that money and you just redistribute it to households. Like every adult gets the same amount of money, something like half that amount of money for kids. So that's one way to do it. And actually, because if you're lower income, you're probably spending a larger proportion of your money on carbon stuff just because you're probably just spending more of your money in general or a larger proportion because you have less of it.
1: Yeah, and you're probably spending it more on necessities as opposed to
0: luxury. Absolutely. So you're spending more on gas and stuff proportional to your income, but, like, as an absolute value, you're spending less generally than folks who are wealthy. So th- that's that kind of plan, like, actually puts more money back into the pockets of, like, lower-income Americans. Oh, but yeah, so what this one's talking about is... Um, You've got a carbon tax, but then you reduce other taxes. If you reduce an income tax, that's, that's not making things more equitable. Because income taxes are... What's the word? When taxes are like... There's a word for either when they hit rich people harder than poor people or the other way around. And I can't remember what the word is. But income taxes um, hit rich people harder than poor people. Or at least that's the idea. Yeah. So if you um,
1: give an income tax break you're disproportionately...
0: You're helping rich people. Yeah. Like... W- Fuck
1: those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not to alienate <laughs> any potential listeners. Yes. Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? To- we, never asked. We already
0: did. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I just didn't know
1: if you were, like, deleting all of those curse words.
0: It's fine. It's fine. Okay, cool. We
1: should put an explicit warning label on our <laughs>
0: podcast. We should, yeah. Just
1: a, what you would imagine to be a perfectly pleasant episode about batteries is it's not for children
0: actually a swear fest (laughs) (laughs) they
1: don't believe that we're grad students they think we're
0: sailors (laughs) oh man we've spent so much time talking about this like this carbon tax but also (laughs) we didn't say what we originally came here to say which is um oh actually one more thing if you reduce sales tax instead of income taxes that's gonna be more beneficial for poor people just because like lower income folks are like they spend a larger proportion of their money and so if there's less sales tax then
1: then that they're having less of that taken out
0: yes um Okay, so the word I was looking for is regressive, and what that means is taking a proportionally greater amount from those on lower incomes. So obviously our issue with this is not that regressive taxes benefit rich people, it's that they benefit rich people at the expense of poor people. A carbon tax, as we said, is regressive. It is paid by fossil fuel companies initially, but then that cost is reflected both in the prices of fossil fuels and in the prices of all other goods or services that are produced in a carbon intensive way. And that is going to disproportionately affect poor people because the less income you have, the greater the proportion of it you are going to need to spend on basic necessities, including energy. If you implement a regressive tax and then try to balance it out by reducing another regressive tax, as is the case with implementing a regressive carbon tax, but then scaling back the also regressive sales tax, then you're not making your tax system any more regressive, probably. However, if you implement a new regressive tax, but then the only tax you scale back is something that's not as regressive, like an income tax, then you're making your tax system more regressive. And uh, you can make your tax system less regressive by adding a regressive tax, like the carbon tax, but then redistributing it in a way that is That is aggressively non-regressive, as is the case with simply returning the money equally to households, like equally per person. Because as we stated, and according to a study, uh, which I will link in the episode description, uh, this actually results in more money ending up in the pockets of low-income families. Uh, Back to the episode, we're still talking about a revenue-neutral carbon tax. So, uh, so... The approval numbers on what I was just saying, so requiring fossil fuels companies to pay a carbon tax and using the money to reduce other taxes, such as income tax, by an equal amount. So that's 70% of all registered voters, and that's 88% of Democrats, 68% of Independents, and 48% of Republicans that support it. I will say, that's that's maybe just an unfair question to ask people, because like, if you don't know which tax is going to be reduced, like, yeah. like I don't... I don't want to reduce It's also significantly really
1: more complicated than the first two questions, and people might not, people probably are less inclined to agree with something that they don't understand. Totally. So it's possible that there's, like, a bias based on the
0: formation of the question.
1: Again, psychology is seeping its way in. So I was sorry. just thinking,
0: like, you know so much more about this than I do. <laughs>
1: I, I know about how to ask people questions. Way to That's go! That's what a PhD in psychology does for you.
0: That's really good. <laughs> Maybe. It's great. I guess the one other thing I wanted to clarify was last time we weren't sure who was for AC and who was for DC in kind of the Tesla-Edison wars. Yeah. just wanted to let our listeners know that uh, Edison was for DC because he had all these DC patents and then Tesla came in with... It was like, this is a better form. AC is better. Yeah. And then
1: Edison killed a bunch of animals. Using AC. To try and prove how dangerous it was. Yes. And that's why I do not care for him. He's like an American hero and I think he's a huge dick. That's fair. He killed an elephant one time. It's like a really upsetting video to watch. Have you seen it? You've
0: seen there's a video? There's a video
1: of him executing an elephant. No way.
0: Yeah. Oh, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it's really it's don't don't watch it. It's really sad. I'm not
0: gonna thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Just
1: know that not only did he kill animals, but he filmed it.
0: That's the worst. What's powering your holographic catbot magazine and scene?